Hello, everybody. You have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I have to tell uh, uh, you guys in the audience that like 15 minutes ago, I checked Twitter and Terry Bradshaw was trending near the very top. Now, there was a time when I saw that and I just automatically assumed that he had said something stupid. And and this particular time, I had this heart palpitation that maybe it was finally here, that he had passed away. And for those of you that don't normally listen to the show, he was like my favorite Steeler uh, growing up. And and uh, it, it turns out that, in fact, he, he did say something stupid. Uh, he apparently ripped on the quarterback from Texas or something because they open against his alma mater, Louisiana Tech. So all's good with Terry. He's still kicking, and I couldn't be happier that he's still saying stupid things. So moving on, uh, Ben joins me, and uh, back from his absence is Ian. Uh, Ian, let's start with you. How are things in western Pennsylvania? They're good. We finally got to some summer weather here out of like spring weather. It was the 60s and rainy for like nine straight days, but the past couple of days it's been like 80 and sunny. So it's actually summer here now. Same here. Uh, we went through just a brutal, brutal spring and uh, constant rain and everything else. And and we, we too have had some great days in the 80s now. It does feel like summer. And, and I know, Ben, I know the kind of same thing was going on there with, with you in Oregon. You had some real hot weather there for a while and it seems to have gotten a bit better. And um, um, so hopefully it's continuing that way, maybe. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, you you guys sent us your shitty weather. Oh well, I'm glad I blew I blew it west instead of the usual uh, prevailing, which goes the other way. Um, but uh, hey, we you don't know, let's uh, enjoy the enjoy that bad weather. Uh, anyway, the uh, <laughs> dead <laughs> the dead period is upon us, as I said last week. And uh, it, look, it, the dead period is good when it's quiet in Steeler Land because. In the past few years, we've had to deal with a few things, and and uh, <laughs> many of you have probably already That's putting seen it lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've many of you've already seen Le'Veon Bell having jewelry stolen from from his two girlfriends, and when he was asked to describe what they were wearing, you said nothing. They were naked last time I saw him. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up with this guy. Uh, so I, I'm just so glad that he's he's not a stealer anymore, and, and that's a big reason why. But uh, anyway, so not a ton to talk about, but uh, the Steelers did announce that um, on July 27th, they'll be inducting a new class into their Hall of Honor. That is something that started a couple years ago, and and we're going to get much more in depth in that uh, in in a little bit later part of the show. Because the thing we want to talk about first, and we alluded to it last week, um, but but we wanted to kind of go a little more in depth, especially when you look at some of the other guys that are are into the final year of their contract. But we wanted to talk a little bit more about Javon Hargrave. Um, and, you know, Ian, you weren't with us last week. And, and you know, were, were you pretty high on Hargrave um, coming out of South Carolina State like like we were too? I, I was remember. actually. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a very fond memory that I called that pick on Twitter, like at the beginning of the third round. I was like, "Well, I guess the Steelers are taking Javon Hargrave now." And then, like twenty minutes later, they took him. So, um, yeah, I, I liked him a lot. I felt like he was one of the best small school prospects that year. Uh, the the thing that surprised me really with Hargrave's career is that 
they really kind of just stuck him as that three, four nose tackle for a while and mm-hmm. didn't let him flash his athleticism really until last season um, out of their sort of two down lineman nickel package. Look, he really didn't have a lot of nickel snaps until last year. And once, I don't know if it was that he didn't know the defense or they mm-hmm. really wanted to get, um, you know, Hayward into it most of the snaps, or they felt like, Cam Thomas or the ghost of Tyson Alulu was somehow better than Hargrave. Um, <laughs> actually, Alulu was good the first year, but last year he wasn't. Um, that that being said, I mean Hargrave really flashed last year whenever he was able to play in that two down lineman front. Um, I think I've talked about it a lot that he's he's a very good penetrator. He's very quick yeah. off the snap. Uh, he's you know he's very good at, at pushing the middle of the pocket. Where he's not good is at um, sort of stacking and setting the the line in the middle and um, sort of getting that bull rush and and stopping the the push of the offensive line in a goal line situation that that's where you need that big hulking mm-hmm. nose tackle like uh, Casey Hampton was or um, you know even some of the other guys we've had through here um, Joel Steed that Joel could really Steed. just you know set the middle and <laughs> yeah yeah there yeah. you go there's a reference for you um, that that could set the middle and you know no one was getting through whereas with with Hargrave he can get pushed off the ball in those you know goal line and short yard situations but last year they they started using him actually in the in the rotation for Mm -hmm. the nickel packages and he really started to flash so if they continue to use him that way yeah he is absolutely um you know a, a key component of this defense moving forward yeah and and you know we were kind of talking a little bit before we we started recording you know he he's he's in that group with Sean Davis and of course Artie Burns that is what it is but you know there there are some other guys who are going to be in their last year of, of their contract this year and um I, I mean Ben where, where do you rate Hargrave right now I mean you, you've also got the decision with Joe Hayden um, I mean, where do you rate him as a priority in terms of, of getting him secured long-term with the Steelers? Well, if it's up to me, I extend him this year. I yeah. I get it done before, frankly, before the price goes up. Because the more time he plays, the yeah. more of an impact he's going to have, the the more opportunity he's going to have to generate stats, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mean more money. And uh, I lock him up now. I, I do whatever I can to get that done this summer and move forward. And, you know, then you just basically – now you've got three guys you're paying pretty good money to. Yes. Between between Cam and and Tuit and Hargrave, you know, in that instance, if they, if they did give Hargrave an extension mm-hmm. this summer. So you may be in a position in 2020 where you have to make some decisions, but you know, there's never a point where you can have too many good players that that doesn't really exist. It's just a question Mm -hmm. of fitting them all under the cap and then finding snaps for them and, and getting them on the field. So, um, you know, we, I don't want to belabor the point. We, we talked it to death last week, but, my preference right now would be to move forward with Hargrave and Cam Hayward mm-hmm. and and maybe move on from Stefan to it if he generates at the level that that he's producing now. Um sometimes he's a monster and sometimes he's, you know, non existent. Not yeah. So you know, it just kinda it depends on what happens this year, but I, I would make a proactive signing with Hargrave because I I think he's a rising star and 
it's going to get better. And he's only got one year left on his deal. If you wait until he's unrestricted free agent next season, he's going to be very expensive. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Steelers have, when, they, when they've had a substantial investment in, in players before, mm-hmm. similar to the situation with Tuit now, they have tried to force that investment to come to fruition and let other players leave and or let them, you know, stagnate from a developmental standpoint. Right. And I really hope that doesn't happen with Hargrave. And, you know, I we don't want to give Chris any credit at all for this None. conversation, None. even though it was it was his <laughs> idea. Piss off, Chris. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm just it's funny because. I, I'm looking at at, at some of, of Hargrave's numbers. You know, again, we're we're talking about a third round guy, um, uh, a well, well, highly regarded, well thought of guy out of a small school, South Carolina State. You know, he's played in 47 of a possible 48 games. He's got 39 starts. Um, you know, you you just look at at what he does from an interior point of view. And I totally agree, and it's what worries me, is that if he does have another very solid year in 2019, I don't see the Steelers being able to afford it, um, which is why they've got to do something, I think, now. And I think you guys know this, but some of the listeners might not know. Of course, the Steelers have a policy that they do not uh, negotiate contracts once the, the regular season begins. And, and that often is why so many times – they, they do wrap a guy up, uh, you know, just, just hours before the season begins, something to that effect. So, you know, I don't know if that's what's going to come to fruition with him, but he, he's obviously the type of player you want around on the field. He, from everything I know, he seems to be the type of player you want around off the field as well. Um, so I, I, I do. I, I think he's up there priority number one type thing. Um, Ian, do you agree that that if, if they don't get him done, he – we do run the risk that he could be gone in 2020. Yeah, I, I think he'd probably test the market, especially with Hayward and Tuit both wrapped up. I mean, yeah. he's the kind of guy who has the capability to be a starter somewhere. He's probably actually best suited um, for sort of the, not the, the nose tackle role, but the sort of other defensive tackle role in a 4-3, um, yeah. kind of like that Aaron Donald role where he can actually use his athleticism to get upfield. Um, I think some 4-3 team would probably pay him a good amount of money. I mean, not Aaron Donald type money, but no. a very solid contract. Yeah, and, and you got to wonder too, you, you don't know what type of discussions he has with his agent and, and you know, they very well could be talking about exactly what you just said. Um, you know, unless the Steelers throw a boatload at us, uh, why not test the market for a 4-3 team that's going to use me to uh, a little bit more of my natural abilities and things. But, um, you know, that said, I, I think, you know, Ben, do we credit the Steelers with uh, giving him the opportunity to to do a little bit different, you know, and not force him to be what the Steelers typically do and say, this is what you're supposed to do and do it? I'm not sure I follow what you're asking me. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the, the Steelers for so long, it was always, you know, we draft a guy and this is what we want him to do. And and there was very little freelance. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I think uh, when, when Tomlin brought him in, he described him as, as a penetrating defensive lineman, one gap yeah. penetrating defensive lineman. And to this point, that's what Hargrave has been. And, Mm-hmm. He does his best work when he's in the backfield. He creates havoc. Um, so I, I don't think that they 
they're really asking him to be something that he's not mm-hmm. aside from when they put him at the nose. But even then, I mean, these guys are playing a, a one gap scheme. Now they're not playing the old two gap scheme that right. like they used to play, except when Daniel McCullers is in there and he doesn't <laughs> play it very well. No. So, um, no, I, I think, uh, you know, they've allowed Hargrave to be who he is. Uh, yeah. They just haven't played him enough to to really make him as effective as he could be, in my opinion. And I, I'd like to see some more there. That's all. Yeah, what he, what he can do with more snaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, the guys at 26 have a brand new shirt up for the next two weeks. It is a Pittsburgh Pirates themed shirt with buckos. And then it's got the year of their um, establishment on it and kind of the bats crossed in the middle. A very nice traditional looking shirt. Very comfortable shirt, I might add. And uh, again, this uh, this particular two week um, uh, period, they are uh, donating $8 from every shirt. Uh, to Nolan Lowry, and again, his dad was uh, was with us here at CSCB for a while, and and uh, his dad and and uh, mom are are trying their best to get him a service dog. He's got a lot of a lot of emotional and other type of problems, and um, he he just really, really, really clings to the dogs when he gets the opportunity, and uh, all the help that they've been getting is telling them that's that's the direction they need to go. So get yourself a great shirt and uh, do something really good at the same time. Um, the Hall of Honor, as I mentioned in the opening, um, was created a few years ago uh, by the Steelers. And, of course, the Steelers are not a an organization that self-promotes its greatness like others do. Um you know, I, I, Ian, you'll you'll check me here if I'm wrong, but I think the only place inside the stadium where they have any sort of promotion about Super Bowl championships is just the flags at at I believe the South End. Uh, it'd be the North End the of the North stadium. Um, okay, but yeah, yeah, because the it, the stadium opens out to the rivers facing south um that's right but yeah yeah in the in the actual bowl of the stadium when they're when you're in the seats yeah that's that's the only one you can see there's obviously the great hall with the giant right. circle trophies and all that stuff but um but yeah with within the stadium itself yeah that's the only place is the flags yeah and and i guess what i'm getting at there is is you go into other stadiums and it's like a roman coliseum where they have banners of their championships and everything else you know new england comes to mind you know they wear patches after they win all this stuff blah 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 but the or indianapolis really... that raised a banner for just making the playoffs the one <laughs> <laughs> we we made the afc championship game and lost but we were in it <laughs> <laughs> is that like saying we made it to the sweet 16 in college basketball? I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, you know, the Steelers have never really been self promoters like that. And so they, they finally decided to come up with the hall of honor. And, and of course the, the first class was massive about 27, 28 people. And, and the rules are pretty straightforward. It's you have to have been a Steeler for three seasons. You have to have been retired or away from the Steelers for three years. And, um, and it's not just about players, it's coaches and contributors and, and things of that nature. Um, there are some interesting names uh, of potential um, entrants this year. Um, Ian, who, who do you think is just like 
this doesn't even garner us talking about it because this person is in who, who would you say is, is somebody like that? Um, so here, here's the hard thing that I have yeah. with this, that, you know, I've predicted this wrong every year. So I'm going to caveat what I'm saying with that. Um, <laughs> they've really made a focus, at least with the initial classes on sort of the older guys from the early Steelers history, you know, seventies and before, um, that, made an impact but are never going to get in the pro football hall of fame um and they want to find a way to recognize these guys um and so they've definitely made a focus on getting these guys in the hall of honor and recognizing them sort of before they've moved on to the more recent generation of players Mm -hmm. so i mean this year you'll have recent players like Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu, Heath Miller, Casey Hampton that are all eligible. Um, Last year, Alan Fanica got in. He was kind of the first guy from the the 2000s class um, that got in. Um, That being said, you know, there's still some guys hanging out there from the 70s teams like Mike Wagner, Glenn Edwards, Larry Brown. They're never going to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the Steelers may take the opportunity to recognize them. Um, You know, some of those guys are still alive. So it'd be nice to, you know, be able to recognize them before they pass away. The 70s teams, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned at the outset with Terry Bradshaw, some of those guys are starting to pass away now because they're getting up there in years. So the the team has made a focus on trying to to get some of those guys. Like last year, I don't think anyone had Buddy Dial on the radar, but he got in. so uh you know and then even guys from the 80s like tunchok and craig wolfley they've been big contributors both on the field and off the field with all they've done for the radio networks and everything Mm -hmm. um the steelers have made a focus on on off-field contributions too obviously with guys like bill nunn getting in um and someone like bill cower might be an interesting candidate this year too that he's been away from the team for long enough that he could be under consideration um some other guys from those 90s teams too guys like carnell lake gary and Anderson, Jason Gilden, who was the team leader in sacks for a yep. long time. Uh, Greg Lloyd, uh, uh, Joey Porter, James Ferrier, kind of more into the 2000s. Um, you know, those are kind of the, the top of the list as far as, you know, guys who have had impactful careers. Some of those guys obviously still have a chance to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, too, which right. automatically gets them into the Steelers Hall of Honor. So, like, Troy Polamalu is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer whenever he's eligible. Heinz Ward's kind of a bubble guy um, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he'll he'll definitely get in, you know, within the next few years into the Hall of Honor, I would think, too. He may get in this year. Um, I would say if they put anyone in uh, from the 2000s teams after they put Fanica in last year, it would be Heinz Ward this year. Yeah, and, and which would be kind thing, of a nice, uh, nice, nice tribute to the guy who still manages to hold the Steelers' career uh, receiving yardage <laughs> yes, and receptions record that Antonio and, and, Brown probably would have broken them if he would have been here this year. But you know, oh, he had to no go problem. Shit crazy. So Heinz yeah. Ward still holds all the records. Yeah, yeah cool. well, it's, fu- it's funny you mentioned Troy because um, I, I think everybody expects that he will go into the Hall of Fame this year. So maybe they just wait on him and, and you know, he goes into the Hall and then the Great Hall or next year, Hall of Honor. Um, ben, uh, I have to ask you about Myron Culp. Um I honestly, I, I guess I, I would have I would have probably listened to arguments as to why he could have gone into the first year. Um does he mean that he much to the Steeler? At some point. Or, or is this his year, Ben? Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, he certainly is going to be a guy that's going to be honored there. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, you've got you got a bottleneck because they're only letting in 
what is it? Is it five per per year now? Yeah, five per year. Yes, unless someone's in the it. Hall of Fame, and then they'll and yeah, right. unless somebody gets into the Hall of Fame, and then they go in right away. They're they're automatically named. But if unless unless you you were a Hall of Famer before, uh, you you didn't get in, and and they're only putting in five per year. So you got a bottleneck of contributors there. And Myron, yeah, I think he means a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we basically came up with a terrible towel, which is a Pittsburgh mainstay, and it uh, yeah, certainly it stands beyond the Steelers. It's iconic. Um, yeah. It is. It really is. And and you've got a number of copycats in, in stadiums and arenas all over oh, the damn God. country now. <laughs> um, so, you know, that certainly is something. He did a lot of work within the community. He, uh, yeah. he worked for the Steelers for a long time on the, yeah. the radio network. And, you know, on top of the fact that they just liked him because he was a quality individual. So I think he gets in at some point. I don't know if it'll be this year. It's only, mm-hmm. like I said a minute ago, there are only five guys yeah. and there are more deserving guys than will get in each year. So, Oh, sure. You know, uh, Mike Wagner, who, who, yeah. Ian brought up before. I mean, I, how do you keep him out? I mean, he should be in now. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill Nunn getting in last year didn't really surprise me. I mean, that yeah. guy honestly should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, uh, and, and just for Hines, those, yeah, Hines getting in would be nice. I don't think Hines will ever make the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's just my opinion. I know that wow. a lot of Steelers fans disagree with me, but he just. It's really, really hard to get in as a wide receiver anyway. Yeah. And Hines doesn't have the numbers. There, There is no stat for devastating downfield blocks. That doesn't exist. Well, unless you're three-year letterman on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> he he apparently led all high schools in, in, in downfield blocking. But exactly. Right, no stat exactly. Um, d- d- two things. Bill Nunn, real quick, for those that are listening, you're not sure who Bill Nunn is. Bill Nunn was a scout with the Steelers and is is heavily credited with finding a lot of the great talent of the 70s teams, especially the guys from the small black colleges and stuff. And um, yeah, he, he I agree, Ben. I think there has to be a place for him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when you look back at everything that, that he did with the Steelers. And, you know, and, and I was going to touch on this in a little bit, and we'll get to it, this whole Steelers bias thing, because so many Steelers have gotten in. But um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think he should be there. And um, I mean, was, yeah. Who yeah. was the guy from the Cowboys that just got in? Uh, Gil Brandt, wasn't it? Gil Brandt. Yeah, and granted, don't get me wrong. What yeah, Tom yep. Landry did in the seventies, and even the eighties, was amazing. I mean, you're never, you're never going to see. And I hate saying this because it's a Cowboys yeah. coach. I feel you're like- never going to see a coach ever again have twenty consecutive winning seasons, ever again. And Landry did that, and Gil Brandt helped Landry build those teams. So yeah, Gil Brandt deserves to be in, he but. Does. Yeah. But if you just want to count up Hall of Fame players and yeah. say, hey, how many of these guys did Bill Nunn it, it, it not only evaluate but identify for the Steelers in advance of those drafts? I just, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of players. It's it's a lot of talent he identified and got into the team. And I and I think for that alone as a contributor, he deserves to go in mm-hmm. posthumously. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right with you. Um 
I, as far as the Heinz Ward point, and, and all I'm going to say, and then I'll, I'll let Ian chime in here too, uh, I think it gets tougher for him every year because the wide receiver numbers that keep coming just keep getting better and better and better and keep burying him. Um, so you, you do hope that if it's going to happen, that it is soon because it's only going to get tougher. Uh, Ian, am I right, wrong? Where am I on that thought with him? Yeah, I, I agree. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it took, you know, like Terrell Owens, who regardless of what you think of him off the field, it took right. him a few years to get in. I mean, he was a, a fantastic player. He still shouldn't be in. <laughs> ben is a huge um, T.O. fan, by It's the way. not just because I don't like him personally. He was a team killer. He was – if you keep your yeah, team right. – if you prevent your team from winning championships, you don't deserve to be in there. That's a hey, negative contribution. He wasn't the one puking in the huddle in the Super Bowl. Yeah, whatever. Ball. He's lucky there's no stat for that. If there was a stat for being an asshole, he never would have gotten in. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the, the one the one counterpoint to that, though, is that the one Super Bowl he did play and he played with a broken ankle and was probably the best player in that the game. Best player so. on the field. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, yeah. I, I, I'm with you, Ben. I hate the guy, too. I, I He's a team killer, but he, he, he put up some pretty amazing numbers. He did. Um, yeah, well, back to the back to the Hall of Honor uh, discussion. You know, a guy like Mike Wagner, I agree with both you guys. I, I think he's more than deserving and very well could be that, you know, buddy dial of this year, that guy that maybe we don't see coming in, maybe gets in. Um, Cower would be really, really interesting. I mean, obviously, I, I think he's deserving. He's got a Super Bowl title and was there a long time and, and obviously had some very good years, but um, that, that would be very interesting. And, and um, you know, the, the Palomalu thing, he's definitely kept his distance from the Steelers since, since retiring. Um, and, and he has not really ever spoken a lot about it. And I don't really expect him to, but you know, that would be curious to see exactly how that goes down. But um, um, one other thing I, I did want to, since we're talking about, halls of honor and stuff um ian do you think donnie shell will ever get in the hall of fame Whew, he deserves it but i don't think he uh yeah. I, one, one of the other things i was thinking about after you know we got done talking about the heinz ward thing yeah. is that you know the hall of fame voters the people who are actually voting on mm-hmm. this as people in the media, it's basically media guys. And as people in the media start to retire and their places get taken by younger writers who weren't around during the seventies, they're not going to recognize as much, you know, the contributions of those guys. And like going back to the wide receiver thing for a minute, you know, the, the younger crowd, especially those that are kind of heavily into the fantasy football side, really value the stats and the, you know, yards per reception kind of thing, which obviously Heinz Ward doesn't have. They, they don't, they don't have sort of the same, I'll say, to use a sort of bad term, quote unquote, football values that, mm-hmm. um, you know, no, some, of the, I mean, yeah. some of the older writers have. So um, it, it's I think it's going to get harder with each passing year. Yeah, I, I do, too. And, and you know, I think sometimes you look at the uh, what do they call that where they have the the veterans pick or something like that? You know, where they always have a, an older guy senior that committee. goes in. Yeah, the senior committee. You know, I, I think. I, I mean, somebody's got to give an impassioned speech, and you know we all love Uncle Ed Bouchette, but he isn't exactly the most passionate speaker in the world. Uh, but you never know. I, I I agree. I you know, Ben, 
Donnie, Donnie Shell, in your mind, I mean, was he kind of a uh, an innovative type guy back in the seventies? Term, terms of how, you know, guy his size, his ability. Uh, I hmm. was he innovative? I don't know. Uh, what he was was tougher than hell, and always around the ball. Yeah, he was just that guy. You know, he was smart. Yep. Um, and you know, not a fantastic athlete, but very good. Uh, I I think he should be in. That yeah. that's me, and and that definitely is all about the fact that you know he played next to a guy like Mel Blunt, who, yeah. quote unquote, made it made it easier to play back there. That and all those great linebackers and defensive linemen. Oh, okay, yeah. all that's true. Yeah. But that guy made a lot of plays. He did. Yeah, and you you can't deny that. You know, it's like well, Troy played in a great defense too. He played on a an historically great Historic, defense. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and. and you know, he still made a lot of plays, and and there were times when I remember Troy would do wacky things where he would turn his back on the quarterback and run to where the ball was going and yeah. guess correctly, mm-hmm. and guess right. And Donnie Shell didn't do that. They played a lot more two deep safeties back then, but yeah, he was a guy who was always around the ball for whatever reason. Smart guy. He Not was. the best athlete, still always there. Uh, I remember him taking down Earl Campbell, mm-hmm. and that's that's a kind of a career defining hit. Yes, he took down yes. Earl Campbell, who regularly ran people over, and sent Campbell out of the game. The game it, the Steelers, I think they won that game. Lynn Swan was also injured in that game. Yeah. It's but the one I always think about when it comes to Donnie Shell. That's the hit I always think about. Of course, that's the, that's the yeah. hit everybody thinks about. Yeah, but that that was back when the 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 rivalry between the Steelers and the Oilers was oh. was really good. It was hot. It, yes, the Oilers great. never won or hardly ever won. And basically, it was I hate to use this comparison, <laughs> but it was the Steelers versus the Patriots. Now, I mean, yeah. The, the the Oilers were a very very good team back then. They could have won Super Bowls mm-hmm. if they hadn't had to go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers back then. Yeah, and the Steelers were just better. Yeah, um, they were. But yeah, I, I I digress here. Yeah, he was a good player. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, no question. And and since I got you, what about Elsie Greenwood? Because he's the other Steeler that people talk about as far as he should be in the Hall too. What? Where are you on him? He absolutely should be. He yeah. was outstanding, and and he gets knocked because he played next to Joe Green. Right. How do you penalize someone for playing next to a great player? Should should David DeCastro get penalized because he plays next to Marquise Pouncey? I mean, nope. come on. Give me a break. You know, yeah. is that why... Is that why Alan Fanick is not in the Hall of Fame yet? Because he played next to Dermani Dawson and that made him better? Give me a fucking break. Come on. The guy was amazing. He was the best guard in football. Why isn't he already in the Hall of Fame? This is dumb. Why well, is this conversation yeah. continuing? Kevin Mawai getting in above all those the, the other three guys last year. Mawai was the last guy I would have chosen yeah. among the four players, the four offensive linemen that were up for induction last year. Well, he was also notably the dirtiest player in the league three years in a row during mm-hmm, his contract, during mm-hmm. his career. The guy was just, yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway. Well, it, it, and you know, and I know, and Ian knows, there's that politics, even in a in a sporting hall of fame, politics comes in too. Um, you know, how hard do you politic for a guy? Uh, uh, you know, who do you know? Where did you play? All that kind of crap always seems to come in. So um, that too, uh, Ian. I, I assume you also believe LC should should have gotten in or or should get in. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Um, the the one thing I think he kind of has working against him is just this mindset that sort of enough of those 70 Steelers are already in, even though he was a great player, and I agree he should be in. And it's a dumb argument to make, but you know I think that's the one thing he has working against him. Um, and you mentioned Ed Bouchette earlier. You know, they posted a video of Ed Bouchette's <laughs> argument for Alan Fanica last year, which was stinking awful. I mean, I might be a little bit biased because I did like speech and debate tournaments in high school, but I, I knew plenty of awful. high school kids that could have given a much better case than, um, you know, what, what Ed Bouchette gave. I mean, he started with saying like, oh, the guy didn't miss any games. Like, don't, don't lead with that for a guy who made the all pro team right. nine times in his career. Like that, uh, well, it was, I, it was, don't it get was me started. So right? it, was, it was horrible. No, no well, I, yeah, I already got Ben fired yeah, I, up on the Hawaii, so it was terrible. I mean, you're trying to get a guy into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you, you get up there and stand like you're trying to sell somebody a, a used toaster. I mean, it, it just, Oh yeah. See, now I got myself wound up too. Um, this whole, this whole Steelers, uh, uh, bias thing, you know, I, I get, I guess we're biased cause we're Steelers, but Steeler people, but if you've got that kind of talent, why penalize people? I, I mean, that's just the way it was back then in the seventies. You had, you had fewer teams and, and, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's just frustrating. I, I think what I'm really curious about is moving forward how many of these Patriots are actually going to get in the Hall of Fame? Because as many Super Bowls as they've been to and their six titles, I don't see them having nearly the amount of players get in that the Steelers had get in. Ben, am I wrong in they, thinking that? They did have – They had some pretty good defenses in the early 2000s. I mean, they I did. a decent amount of those guys will get in. Um, you know, like your, your Richard Seymour's. And, uh, I mean, even Ty, Ty Warren was a great player in the middle mm-hmm, for them mm-hmm. um, for – a long time um i mean it was basically like him and casey hampton were sort of the two premier nose tackles in the league for a long time that it never really got talked about either of them yeah you know and, and I, rodney harrison you know i know it irritates people on on tv but he was pretty solid um and ty ty law got in last year right yep aliquippa kid yeah yeah there you go um so I, I don't know. I just hate the, the whole bias thing and, and everything else. But, um, um, guys, we are less than uh, a month out now from training camp, and uh, we'll, we'll have a heck of a lot more to talk about when that gets going between who fails conditioning tests and who gets hurt and who gets cut and who does this and who does that and how many times can somebody show up in a helicopter. Thank God that's over. Um, I Do you guys, speaking of that, um, I, I saw something today, you know, Terrell Edmonds uh, played more snaps than anybody on defense last year as a rookie for the Steelers. Uh, he's supporting. Supporting is not the right word. He's he's on AB's side, somebody said today, I saw on social media. And 
Does that affect the locker room, Ben? If if you know you've gotten rid of a guy who made the locker room really awful, but you've still got a guy in the locker room who has no problem liking what he did or liking what he's done, does that affect things at all? Maybe. I You know, I can't say I'm not there. Uh, what oh, I can sure. say is there's a lot less drama regardless. And, Definitely. Um, that, you know, the player in question was a very popular player. Um, who at times was paranoid, suspicious, thought the whole world was out to get him, Mm -hmm. uh, would go on bizarre rants about how the media couldn't wait for him to screw up because they wanted to write something bad. And, you know, they were just asking him how he was doing and how he was going with his training. And you guys want me to screw up. You you (laughs) want me to do something bad. No, man, I, I just asked you what you had for breakfast. Jesus. You know, well, I had and, the, I had, yeah. and other times the guy was was gracious and generous and outgoing and you know like i've said a bunch of times before you do the math okay if yeah. somebody's manic there's something going on with them personally and yeah. and i think there were a lot of things that might indicate that there were problems there that ran deeper than just i'm unhappy with my quarterback um but that said, you know, yeah. if you're that guy who's gracious and generous and outgoing and goes out of your way to, to make people happy, you're going to be a popular player right? at some point on some level. So if somebody still likes you, nobody's going to hold mm-hmm. that against you, I don't think. Right. Um, if somebody still likes him, nobody's going to hold it against him. They're probably just going to be like, well, you know, it's fine. That's your thing. If that's what you want to do outside of here, inside, that guy's gone and I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to laugh. AB, did he post a, a video of himself working out in the dark last night? And and like there was a whole bunch of people around, and I, I immediately thought back to that that whole uh, front of his locker rant about how he could never go work out by himself, even though he was always Instagramming exactly where he was and when he would be there to work out. Um, I, I just, yeah, manic is the uh, right word for it, for sure. Uh, does that, Do those types of things worry you at all, Ian, or, or are we getting just way, way too specific in, in the types of things that go on in locker rooms these days? I think we're getting a little too specific just yeah. because – I think some of that rap on Edmonds comes from him liking some of Antonio Brown's tweets. And if I've learned anything on the garbage heap of Twitter, you should never (laughs) criticize someone's likes. Um, Don't, don't, don't analyze people's likes. Don't analyze people's follows. There's nothing there. I mean, sometimes I'll like a tweet because it has an article in it that I think might be interesting. And I just want to come back and read it later and don't want to have to like scroll through and find it again. And then I read it and it's a trash article. And I'm like, well, (laughs) unlike that, I'm over and done with it. But, you know, sometimes I like things. I think it's a funny joke. You know, there's people I know that because I interact with them a lot on Twitter, they like every single reply that you give them. And it's like, you know, sometimes you're just like giving them a thumbs up because is an acknowledgement that, yeah, I agree with you and they'll like it. And it's like, why are you, you know, why do you, you know, some people have 10,000 likes because they like every tweet that mentions them. So, you know, it, don't, don't overanalyze the likes on Twitter or Instagram. No, I, I think it's a good point. And, and I, you know, 
it, it is a trash heap. It's a necessary trash heap when you do what we do, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it, it, it's it's fascinating in some ways how we delve so deep into, you know, because one guy clicks a heart button on his computer or his phone or whatever else. It's just it's just amazing to me. Um, ben, I, uh, I'm going to wrap this sucker up. Do you have any uh, parting shots for the evening? Uh, not really. I, you know, part of me can't wait for September because I love football season. And part of me is just like, yeah, the summer is just beginning. It's going to be great. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I am right there with you. Um, feel, feel very much the same. Uh, Ian, uh, how about you? Any, any rants, uh, filling your mind tonight? No news is good news. The only news we can get from now until training camp starts, unless it's a contract extension, is bad news. Just the the less news we have about the Steelers, the better. It gives us less to talk about, but that's totally fine. No news is good news. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And and, uh, to all the Steelers out there, have fun, enjoy vacation, keep working your tails off, whatever it is you do, and, you know, enjoy being young enjoy doing all that stuff just just enjoy it and don't mess it up that's all i got to say but uh anyway again thanks guys and thanks to uh 26shirts.com slash pittsburgh for sponsoring us and again get over there get yourself a cool buckos uh shirt and do something good at the same time uh not sure if we'll uh if we'll have a show next week during the fourth of july week gotta talk to the guys and see where we're at and go from there but uh we will return right after that if not so make sure you stay up with the website steelcityblitz.com on twitter at scblitz and of course don't forget also you can check out the new online store at design tree Um, I put it in quick hitters just about every day so you can find the link right there. So with that, I'm getting us on out of here. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.